Hey y'all, welcome to Crafts and Tea. I'm here today with the owner and crafter at Handmade Heaven. So we're going to do a little interview with Elizabeth Miano. And wow, it's so weird hearing my full name. <laughs> it's weird saying your full name. It's good to be here though, Justin. I'm, I'm really excited to get to talk with you today. I'm very happy to bring you on. You're actually going to be my first guest and my first episode. And this is going to be a fun new project I embark on, and I hope it goes pretty well. Well, I am honored. How would you describe what you do? So what I do is I make scarves, I make ear warmers, I make blankets, but instead of knitting them with knitting needles, I knit them with my hands. Um, So the reason I kind of got started on this Um, you know, I found that video that went around Facebook years ago of how to do a blanket with the chunky wool. And I thought, oh, I can do that. And then I saw the price of the chunky wool and I said, oh no, I can't do that. But I went to Hobby Lobby and I found the most beautiful yarn I'd ever seen in my life. And I decided to give it a try. Um, so I started... Almost exactly two years ago, a memory just popped up on my Facebook today of one of my first scarves that I made over two years ago. Um, And at first I started off just making them for me, making them to enjoy them. And then I had people saying, ooh, will you make me one? Will you make me one? And I'm like, ooh, I could actually make some extra income with this. Um, And I just kind of took off from there. Okay. And I assume by this point, you really enjoy doing this. Oh, I absolutely love doing it. One thing that I love to talk about, because you know me, I'm a very open book. I have no secrets. I have no boundaries. It's a problem. But the one thing that I really discovered when I started this, one, of course, I can do it mindlessly now that I've been doing it for so long. But whenever I'm feeling really anxious, whenever I have a really, really anxious day, I'll sit down with my yarn and I'll just knit and it, it's been the best treatment for my anxiety thus far. So that's, that's another one of the big reasons why I love this so much. And I'm so thankful that I can start to call this my job is it, it also helps my mental health as well. Absolutely. Uh, Kat with her, um, cross stitching, it helps her a lot as well. Oh, I love her cross stitching. Her little avocado that she made. Y'all, she made the cutest little avocado and I am begging her to make me one because it is so cute. I found one at Walmart the other day. Uh-huh. And it said, I can't adult today. Oh I need that. And I'm going to frame it on the wall of my classroom. And my four year olds will think it's amazing. Yeah, Kat now has that one because I got it for her. I love that so much. That's so awesome. So you've been doing this for two years now. How you just do it all through Facebook? Do you do events? I do. I do. Um, I do this mostly through Facebook. But you actually got me started on the event circuit. You helped me do my first craft show with you last year, and then this year I decided to branch off and try it by myself. And I found a wonderful place here in Oklahoma City. It's called the Red Barn Market. And they they do a craft show every third Sunday of the month. And so I did it last year or last um, month. And it, it went fairly well for it being 80 degrees in the middle of an Oklahoma October. 
But I'm actually doing another one through them tomorrow. So I am very optimistic to see how it goes when it's 54 degrees and cold and rainy and people want to be warm. And to clarify that for those listening, it's November 15th. So tomorrow's November 16th. Actually, today is the 16th, so tomorrow will be the 17th. A little off on my day. That's all right. So they probably won't hear about that one just because... That's okay. probably be about two weeks before this one actually gets to show up on iTunes. That's okay. And other platforms. I unfortunately probably won't be able to do the next uh, show that they have there because I'm getting ready to graduate. And I believe that I'm graduating the Friday before that show, and I just am going to take that time for myself and take that time to not worry about orders and not worry about um, getting inventory ready, and then jump back on the circuit in January. Now, I assume after you graduate school, you're, are you still going to be doing this? Or? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Like I said, this is very it's very therapeutic for me at this point. And once I graduate... I'll have stable income, so I can buy yarn for myself. It will be great. I won't have to wait for an order to be able to knit. It will be very, very nice. I'm excited. And what are you currently going to school for? I am going to school for early childhood education. So I will graduate in December, um, and I am hoping to find a job in an early childhood center. I found one that's got fantastic resources. It's extremely small class sizes, which for those of you that don't know, one of our biggest problems that we have here in Oklahoma is our class sizes are ridiculously huge. I'm in a first grade classroom and we have way too many children for them to be able to gain the education that they need and the education that we as educators want to provide for them. But ideally, I would love to work with pre-K. I love the littles. They're so much fun. But we'll just kind of see. It's 27 days until graduation. So I'm very excited. I'm very ready. Well, good. It definitely gives you some time to make sure you're 100% certain on what age group you want to go with. Most definitely. And at this point, I am in it. (laughs) So I got to figure it out. It'll be great. It's really cool watching you do that because I'm watching you and it's just like, I don't know how you can keep looking away and not like mess up and miss something. Oh yeah. For those of y'all listening, um, Justin has so graciously allowed me to knit and prepare inventory for tomorrow's show while we talk. But yeah, I, I don't even have to watch anymore. It's just second nature. See, I, I wouldn't be able to do that with candles. Which... <laughs> you know, Justin, I would hope that you wouldn't do that with the candles. <laughs> I just picture getting a text from you. Hey, I'm in the ER because I burned myself with some wax. I have poured some wax on myself before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It did hurt a little bit, but it was all right. Uh, no, we are. That was good. That was fine. You're, you're alive, you didn't just, lose a limb. Yeah, it's just part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do. It's real fun, though. That is, that is fun. That's so much fun. So do you have any future ideas for what other stuff you might be doing in addition to the scarves, warmers, and hats? I Well, I don't do actual hats yet. That's one thing that I'm working on. 
But since I don't use the knitting needles, since I don't, you know, utilize any um, templates, I just kind of figure it out and fly by the seat of my pants. So I have experimented with making hats. I am not there yet, but um, I would love to add hats. I I am starting to have the idea of experimenting with actual like clothing, clothing. Um, but I'm interested to see how that will work since I don't use knitting needles. And the, the main reason that I don't use them is, uh, well, my grandmother, my, my dear sweet grandmother, God rest her soul, she tried to teach me a few times and I, I would get about halfway through a scarf and just get so frustrated and throw it <laughs> because the knitting would get so tight. I wouldn't be able to pull the yarn through. I didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, whenever you make actual clothing and apparel, as far as that goes, you have to be able to use those knitting needles to be able to figure out how you're going to do the stitching and all of that. But that's something I would definitely like to experiment with more, um, see if I could add more stuff like that to my shop, because I know that a lot of people would love to see that. But at this point, it's just trial and error. Everything that I've done with this business has been trial and error. I remember the first time I ever made a blanket, I it took me about six hours to make that blanket. And <laughs> I got about four hours in and I realized that about two hours prior, I had missed a stitch. And so I, I had this order going out the next day. And so I had to undo two hours worth of work to go back and fix that one stitch. And Lana just looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I'm just grumbling angrily to myself that I have to undo all of this when it's no nobody else's fault but my own. So I just have to be upset with myself. But it it's trial and error for sure. But I, I love it. It's so much fun. Yes, it's always a constant battle to, as you make mistakes and learn. Oh, yeah. A few myself. Oh yeah. Well, I'll never forget whenever you, you made those ice candles. And I remember looking at those and thinking, those are going to be so cool. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get these. And they wound up so cool. And I remember, I remember you calling me and asking if I wanted a couple of candles, which of course my response will always be yes, because I am obsessed with your candles. And I remember getting there and Justin just shows me these beautiful ice candles that had melted in the sun. And so the design had gotten like a little bit messed up or one of them was melted to the side. And I just felt so bad because he had worked so hard on them. Now, did I take those candles? Yes, I did. Did I reap the benefits? Most definitely. But those were my favorites. I I hate when you have mishaps, but I, I like when I can reap the benefits of those mishaps and help you and, and take them for myself and my own personal benefit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I should have known better for that one. I've made m- very similar mistakes in the past, but <laughs> it's a different story. <laughs> While I'm thinking about it, all of those candles that you had me take to the craft show that I couldn't use are still in the back of my car and have been sitting in the back of my car since okay. mid-October. So I don't think it's gotten too hot, but they should be fine. Might be. We'll they should be fine. Work. But on so, the plus side, my car smells like candles. It's great. <laughs> That's always nice. So 
I assume you're gonna have to like stitch them differently for clothing just because with this material and the stitching for the scarves it's kind of you sh this material stretches out and then you have these holes that would make the clothing a little bit see-through a little bit risque there um yeah i would definitely have to learn how to do it with needles if i started making like shirts or sweaters or things like that but i do like to challenge myself i like to to keep my mind working and kind of figure out what I can do differently, what I can experiment with. This year has definitely been a year of growth and has been a year of self-development. Um, at this point in my life, my motto is I can do a headstand. I can make anything. And so I, I definitely have been trying to be more adventurous with what I make. It's just, it's so hard when at this point in my my collegiate career, I have no stable income to, to buy the yard that I would like to use. But once I graduate and I am actually have a job, um, I'm excited to see what I can come up with. Okay. It'll be fun. What kind of, will it be more like a thinner yard? Or yes. Yeah, it would have to be a lot thinner um, because, like you said, whenever you wear this, it does stretch a little bit. And, well, there there are going to be a few, not like holes per se, but you can see like the gapping in the stitching where the rows add on to each other. And I don't no one, no one wants to wear that. No one wants to wear that as a piece of like actual clothing. So I would definitely need to learn to use like just regular yarn, the thinner yarn um, and knitting needles to figure out how to do that. Also, the concept of, like, making a sleeve is kind of <laughs> terrifying. So that, that one's going to be a work in progress. We'll, we'll definitely have to see how that goes. Yeah, making a sleeve, a neck hole. And making sure that the neck hole isn't, like, too small to where you're just going to, like, choke someone out if they put it on. That's something I... That, those are the things I think about when I think about knitting, like, an actual sweater. And it terrifies me, but... The way I see it, the most terrifying things are often the most worth it. Absolutely. And I would imagine learning with the needles is going to take a little time as well, but not quite an option to use your hand with that small material. Oh, my Lanta, it would take me months to make one sweater. I, I would just be so angry at that point. I... I would just be like, this sweater is a thousand dollars. Take it or leave it. <laughs> but with the time of labor, that would just be too much for me. But that's okay. But like you can see, like when I make the scarves, we've been talking for what? 15 minutes and I'm almost finished with one. So I, I like when it's a little bit more fast paced and I get to the product a little bit sooner. I, I very much so like to see the fruits of my effort as soon as humanly possible. So on something that would take me that long to make, it would definitely take some getting used to and some patience on my part. But Lord knows when you take care of four-year-olds, you, you have lots of patience. When you teach four-year-olds, you have a lot of patience. So how long did it take you to make a scarf this size when you first started? Excuse me as I sip my tea. Um, it took me, with trial and error, probably about an hour to kind of like figure out how to cast on and cast off. Um, that's that's the longest part because you can see once you get going, you're 
you're going. You can just knock it out. Um, but it, it was really cool. I had the experience of uh, hosting a workshop at the Red Barn Market and getting to teach, I think we had 13 people how to knit these. And it was so, it was so interesting. And I was able to learn so much about myself through teaching them how to do that and learning how I can better explain what I'm doing and how, how to better help them. But it's just, it's so cool that I'm to the point now, just two years later where I'm like, I can teach other people to do this. I can, I can help them find something that helps them cope and that helps them pass the time and that gives them a sense of accomplishment. And that's just something really cool because I never, never in a million years thought that I would be here. Kathy at the Red Barn Market has just been an angel and a godsend. And I'm, I'm so thankful for them. Do you plan to do um, more events like the workshop? And I'm hoping to. I feel like it was successful enough that I could definitely do it again. Um, I'm looking at possibly doing one in January because, you know, you still have a few more cold months. Um, this is Oklahoma. We have a lot of those. We have so many cold months. <laughs> but then again, we, we might have a winter where it snows buckets. And then we have winters where literally nothing happens. And it feels like it hasn't been winter. But I don't know. I'm excited to to see. I would love to try again. I feel like the, the sweet ladies were very patient with me because, you know, I did a discounted ticket price and I made sure that they knew, hey, this is my first workshop that I'm doing. I'm still learning, um, so I'm not going to charge you as much um, because I'm learning and I want for you to feel like you're getting the best out of this experience as well. But overall, it went really well. Everybody seemed to have a lot of fun. They all really enjoyed it. They all liked it. We had snacks, and they all liked the snacks, which was nice, because who doesn't like snacks? Um, and we just, we had fun. But I think the coolest thing about that workshop was once everybody got to the point that they were just going, and I taught them to what to do, and they knew what they were doing, it just got so peacefully quiet. And that was the the coolest thing ever just to know that people were enjoying something that I could teach them. It, it was really, really cool. It was a very cool experience. I'd love to do it again. And I want to talk about your headbands for a minute, or your ear warmers. And mm-hmm. They look kind of like headbands, correct? They, they do look like headbands. Um, they're not the stereotypical ear warmer that you think of. They don't have the band that goes over your head and have the two giant muffs. Look like a giant pair of headphones with... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, honestly, I kind of started making those by accident. I I was trying to make a hat um, that had the little hole for your ponytail or for your bun. Um, and in the process of making that, I decided to switch up a little bit. And I was like, oh, what if I make this a little bit, a little bit bigger? Or what if I tweak this? Or what if I tweak this? And I wound up with the ear warmers. And everybody has seemed to really enjoy them. Um, I love that they're, they're very cost effective. Um, even on my very poor college kid budget, I can still afford to make them and have people enjoy them and love them and do all of that fun stuff. Um, I don't like that stitching right there. 
Like Justin said, I'm actively knitting. And even now, I'll find spots in my knitting where I'm just like, I don't like that. Because this this yarn is very persnickety. Um, it, it's, it's very malleable, which I love. Um, like even right now I'm tying off the end and I don't have to cut the rest of the fabric off. I can just pull it apart because of how, how fragile this fabric can be when you need it to be. But it, it was just really cool to, um, figure that out. And like I said, almost everything that I've made has just been done with experimentation. I never have a, um, Oh, I can't think of the word. I never have a template um, of what I'm going to do. I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and roll with it. But even now you can see it took me 20 minutes to make this and it's done. And sweet Justin, I'm going to make another one because I like to knit when I talk because it keeps my hands busy. So you might hear a little bit of a rustling. I apologize. And the thing, I, the thing I really like about the headband is, you know, the, those older ones that just have those giant, like, headphone style. Mm-hmm. They don't have the best style to them. They don't exactly look great. No. And with your earmuffs that look more like headbands, that's a lot more, like, in fashion for, at least for girls, for sure, because I know lots of girls love wearing headbands. We do. And... They're so warm. And what I love about it is I, I don't like wearing my hair down. And that's what I couldn't stand about hats because I couldn't keep a ponytail or keep my hair in a bun and wear the hat. Um, and so that was honestly one of the main reasons that I was like, ooh, I could do this and I could start making the ear warmers because, you know, you can wear them just like a headband. They keep you nice and warm. And for people like me who don't like to wear their hair down, we can still have our hair up and that's, an easy option and thankfully with the fabric it's made of it doesn't give you too bad of hat hair <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good plus as well i wear hats a lot and sometimes i try and you know smooth my hair down with hats mm-hmm. sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't oh yeah but hat hair can definitely be a thing especially with wool like material it just takes your hair in smooths it right up And for those listening, if you hear that extra background noise, that is the Oklahoma wake up alarm, (laughs) as we like to call it. But it's our tornado siren testing that they do every week. Yep. Every Saturday at 12 o'clock, you know it's noon because you have a mini heart attack. Or you just get so used to it, you forget about it and do not plan it in your timing of things like recording a podcast. That's okay. (laughs) That just shows that we are... Keeping it real and that we, you know, we're, we're not in a studio. We are sitting very comfortably in, Ju- in Justin's kitchen and we're, we're drinking tea and I have my yarn on the table and it's just, it's fun. One of my favorite things with some of my favorite podcasts is they'll just, they'll just sit and you know that they're enjoying each other's company. They're, they're sitting on the couch and relaxing and just talking with one another. Um, so when Justin asked me to come on the podcast, I was just so excited to just hang out and drink tea and talk about something that I love so much with one of my favorite people. Because, I mean, Justin at this point is definitely one of my best friends in the world. I mean, we've known each other 
only for about three years, but it feels like a lot longer than that. It feels like you've been stuck with me your entire life. Same probably goes for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I love it. And I love that we can do something like this. It's it's so neat and so fun. Are people able to get, like, scarves and the headbands with two colors mixed together? They can. Um, my aunt actually ordered, oh, my Lanta, eight of them. And they were Kelly green and dark blue. They were her school's colors. So she got this for all of her teachers. Um, but yeah, I can do mixed colors. I can do mixed colors for blankets. Um, it's, it's fun. And that's another thing that I've experimented with because I never, I never did that until she asked me to do that with that order. And finding Kelly green in this yarn is very, very difficult. I went to our blessed basket market and I looked and I got down on my hands and knees and looked in the back of their yarn shelf and I found one roll of Kelly green. I had never seen it before. Finding Kelly Green in a lot of things is probably pretty difficult. I'm guessing most of the listeners probably have no idea what Kelly Green is. When you think of Kelly Green, think of Kermit the Frog if he was really sunburned and had that bright green hue to him. That's that's, that's about what Kelly Green looks like to me. That, that's probably the best way I would describe it, too. I, I think that's a good analogy. A, a sunburned Kermit the Frog who's just radiating his his green heat at that point if he's sunburned. The only reason I have any concept of the color Kelly Green is from my first job. Oh, gosh. That's right. Your uniforms were Kelly Green, weren't they? No. Um, well, we had, like, different colors available. Oh, I gotcha. And Kelly Green was one of the ones they had. Oh, I see. I had to fix a stitch. My starting <laughs> stitch was a little bit too big. Yeah, I was wondering what just happened there. I saw you just, like, unravel a strand or two. Oh, yeah. Well, what's great is whenever I unravel, I just have to grab the end attached to my skein of yarn and just pull. And it, it'll just pull it all out to its heart's content. Destroy my work in about three seconds. <laughs> my my darling dog, I love her. She's the sweetest animal. But she likes to come get all up in my business when I'm knitting. And there have been many times where I've been working on something that she will not even realize it and unravel something that I'm working on. And I'm like, okay, you need to go play with your dad and leave me because I got to fix. I have to fix what you undid. Uh, that is the only thing about this fabric, though. I love making blankets out of this. It is so much fun. But you can see it's kind of, it's a little bit fragile. So, like, if Annie were to run in here and jump up on me, it, it would be destroyed. Because those claws would just get in there and uh, pull the fabric apart. Could you make dog toys with a different fabric? You know, I've never thought about that, but I probably could. Ooh, you're giving me ideas, Justin. You're welcome. <laughs> I like that. Ooh, you know what I want to make? Doggy leg warmers. That yeah, that probably work for quite a few dogs. Probably not Annie. No, Annie would destroy dogs. them. <laughs> I I know that one thing with my darling Aspen. She she likes to chew on her legs. She has really dry skin, and you know we give her like the oatmeal baths, and like I have like this special spray that we spray on her legs, but she still just destroys herself. Um, 
So those would be really good for her. Because she's, she, we're almost positive she's allergic to grass. Of all things for a dog to be allergic to, she's allergic to grass. Because come summertime, her underbelly, like she'll lose her hair on her underbelly from when she squats. And so I just, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Making paw warmers for, for dogs is just going to be the, the like first domino and a trickle effect of where you go from there. Oh, yes. Well, another thing that I've made that I just absolutely loved, um, and I've only made one. I made one for myself because I can't do it like based off like real dimensions. Like people will be like, oh, can you make it so many inches by so many inches? I'm like, I can try. It's going to kind of wind up how it, how it comes out. Um, but I made a cover for Landon and I's, um, diffuser, our oil diffuser, because we had a light on there that would just stay on all night, but we have to have it running because, you know, with him working outside with me working with the kids, we always have our peppermint oil in there. We always have our lavender oil in there so we can sleep. It's, it's great, but that light would just drive us crazy. So I had just a little bit of extra fabric and I made a cover for our diffuser so the light wouldn't bother us. That's another fun thing that I've made that I just completely forget about sometimes. So for the blankets and the scarves and the headbands, how do you decide at what point that it's like, okay, but I'm going to turn or how do you decide you're done with it? Um. So with the blankets, I kind of do it for my own comfort level. I'll take the base, um, the base side that I'm working on and I'll just keep going until I feel like, okay, this is something that I could wrap up in and be snugly warm. Um, for the scarves, I only make, um, make it to where it's four rows because if it's five, um, five rows going up and down, it's a little bit too wide and it's not comfortable to wear. So through more experimentation and, you know, that trial and error, I found that about four is um, just about right. And I do the same thing with the ear warmers. What I do with that is I'll, I'll knit that base row and I'll form it to my own head because my head is about average size for women. Um, and I'll, I'll knit it until it's a point where I would be comfortable wearing it, where I would be able to wear it and you know, not have to completely shove it over my head, but enough that I can comfortably put it on and it will comfortably stay. And then from there, depending on the width of the fabric, I'll either do three or four rows or three or four columns, I should say. It just kind of depends. Um, but that's usually wide enough to cover the ear and be comfortable. Okay. Um, for the ear warmers, are they a little bit more, do they have like a little dip to them to where they can fit multiple sized heads or? They do. Um, that's the thing that I love about this fabric is it stretches, but whenever you take it off and you just set it down or leave it to do its thing, it'll retract back to its original size. So like with the scarves, they start off a little bit shorter, but you can stretch it to any length that you want. Um, so I usually leave mine a little bit shorter and under my pea coat, I just tuck it under my pea coat and it's. It's so nice and warm. It was really funny. I actually went and I got um, Taco Bell for myself and the boys last night after they finished working on the porch. And uh, the guy working the window just looks at me and he says, I'm sorry, but you look really warm. And I'm like, I am so warm. And I, I told him about how I make the scarves and the ear warmers. And he, he was just like, that's so nice. You look so warm. Um, and that's that's the great thing is they, they are so unbelievably warm and they're versatile you can make them any length that you want as far as the scarf goes um 
I love making infinity scarves, but I will only make those to order. Um, simply because it takes that extra fabric, which at the moment don't have the extra income for that extra fabric. Um, but the infinity scarves are so, they're so nice. They're just big and they're fluffy and they're warm and you just, they're, they're wonderful. I know that it's my own business, but I, I love them. They're so my favorite to make. What's the difference between these scarves and an infinity scarf? So with an infinity scarf, I would take two of these rolls of fabric and I would connect them together. And at the end, instead of having it be two separate ends, you knit them together. So it makes just one continuous scarf. Uh, that's why they're called infinity scarves, because they just keep going. It's... They're really fun. I really enjoy making them. I just haven't had any orders for those yet this year, which makes me kind of sad. They're my favorite. Probably try different stylish things with them too. I do. One thing that I really want to try is I've seen those scarves that like connect with buttons in the front. Oh. And I love those. Um, so that's one thing that I want to start experimenting with as well. Because I like with this pink scarf that I'm making right now, if I had like a beautiful like dark brown like wooden button that I could put on there that people could like button it with or have even three that they could button. I, I think it would be super cute and that it would be just extra warm. Definitely doable too. Mm-hmm. Most definitely because you can get those from Hobby Lobby for nothing and the wonderful thing about Hobby Lobby is the sales that they do. I mean my yarn every other week it's on sale for 30% off. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Do you have any goals that you intend to do with Handmade Heaven or any goals that you have set forth for three, five, one year from now? Honestly, my biggest goal is to be able to utilize my income from Handmade Heaven to pay off my student loans. That's my big goal is once I, you know, start doing more of the craft shows and once I start doing more of the workshops, just immediately taking that and making it so that way I don't have that debt over my head and I don't have to worry about it. And I love that something that I do that makes people happy and that brings people warmth and comfort is something that can also help me financially. It's it's great. Because one of my favorite things, and I see this on Facebook all the time, it, it was a post of some lady who was like, whoever paid $50 for this thing in my shop, thank you. And it's like, you know, we have a little ee moment whenever we have an order. You know, big businesses don't have that little ee whenever they sell something. You know, it's it's just so cool to be a part of that and to know that the people that I love are wearing something that I made. And I, you know, there's always that touch of love in everything that I get to make for people. I usually send out thank you notes whenever someone does order something from me and I, you know, specify it exactly to them and thank them for supporting me and loving me because, you know, it, it is. It's easy to just go to Target and buy something or to go to Lowe's and buy something, but it's it's so nice to be able to support those small businesses and to be able to help one another. It's 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 awesome, but that's, that's one of my long-term goals. I would like to say within five years, I would like to have made enough to ideally pay off my loan debt, okay. which is extensive. It's, yeah. it's much, 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 <laughs> much debt. And your, your community seems to definitely appreciate that customer touch that you really give them. They um, do. I, I have a re recurring community. 
I have a lot of people this year that bought stuff for family and friends last year for Christmas gifts or for Secret Santa that have come back and they're like, oh, I want something for me. I, I want for you to make something for me now. And that's that's just really cool. It's really, it's it's really amazing to be that person for people and that people think about me and that share my business. Like the other day you shared on Facebook and you're like, Hey, it's really cold outside. My friend makes these amazing things. Like you should message her and get snuggled up and be warm and happy. You know, I have such a loving, wonderful community that just constantly supports me. And it's, it's amazing to see that and to have that. And when it's 32 degrees outside, you're definitely thinking about your neck, face, and ears, and nose all being warmer than they are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Freezing out there, especially in this Oklahoma weather lately. Oh, yeah. I If Landon would wear it, I would love to make him one of those, like, covers that, like, covers everything but your eyes. Because when he's out there doing that testing and, you know, 10-degree weather, when he can't actually test anything, but he still has to be there... You know, he, he'll he come home and his entire face will be chapped. And it just makes my heart so sad. So I'm trying to figure out different ways that I can incorporate this and, you know, better incorporate, like, men into my business and provide things that maybe they would even want to wear. Because I'll openly admit that what I make is typically a bit more feminine, but that's also because of the fabric that I have accessible to me and the things that I'm able to make. You know, men don't want to wear, like, a big, chunky knit set of ear warmers. I mean, it's, I, I will admit though, it was a lot of fun. Landon's sister, her boyfriend, he, he was over whenever we were doing some pictures for the business and he just goes, well, hold up. You need some men modeling that for you too. And he threw on a scarf and was just precious. But I, I know that that would be a really cool demographic to be able to just be like, Hey, I can make something for you guys too. Where you don't have to feel emasculine for putting this on and keeping your body warm. Because why should that be something that men have to worry about when they're just cold and they want to wear a scarf? Definitely. And I've been one of the guys who's worn like one of those basketball headbands before. Yep. Yeah, me and basketball headbands do not look (laughs) good together. I mean, not every guy just looks great in... Headbands and scarves, either. I'm sorry, I'm picturing you wearing a basketball headband, and it just makes me happy. <laughs> Some guys can pull that look off, though. They Some can, guys. they can. Landon is very much so a hat guy. I've never, I've never actually made him try on one of my ear warmers. I might have to do that and just, it, just fulfill my heart. Well, you get him to wear like a, a trim, like one of those petticoat type yes. coats with one of the headbands. Oh, I picture it or now. Or with a scarf. Might be able to pull off a scarf look with one of those petticoats on. I think so. Maybe one of the gray ones, I think, would be rather dapper. Exactly. would be perfect for it. Mm-hmm. If you find, like, some brown or maybe, like, a blue color. Oh, yeah. would be great. I love it. That is one thing that I would like to look into more, though, is finding more colors. Because I, I love Hobby Lobby. They they are my homeboys. They always have the yarn that I need. But the color selection is so limited. I You know, I had a wonderful older woman who came to the show who really wanted to, like, get a purple one. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. They don't have purple. They have pink. But they don't have, like, they don't have lavenders. And they don't have, like, they're really, like, it, they don't even have black in this fabric. 
which if I had a black one of these, I would never take it off because it's just my favorite color. Yeah, black goes good with everything. It does. It goes good with everything. Now, they have black in the other fabric that I use, but, you know, I really like my chunky fake wool yarn because that's the other thing that I love about this is I can't work with the wool stuff. I'm allergic. And so this stuff, it's... It might be like 5% wool, maybe. So it's not enough that it actually bothers me. Because I know that wool is so warm, but it's scratchy and it's itchy and no one likes it. It is. Uh, what's yours made out of it? Do you know? It is. That's a good question. And I actually have my handy dandy little thing. Oh, my butt's asleep. Ow. Okay. Mine is made out of, oh, I lied. It's 15% wool. It is acrylic polyamide. How would you, how would you pronounce that? Remember, I teach four-year-olds. I don't need to know all these big fancy words. Polyamide seems about right. And then the, the little bit of wool. So it's enough wool that it's extra warm. It's still warm. It's nice, but it's not enough wool that it's itchy. And it's super soft, too. Oh, my gosh. It's so soft. One of my favorite things to do at the craft shows is it, every single time, it never fails, a small child comes up and, like, feels one of the white ones or one of the blue ones and just says, it's Elsa hair. And I'm just like, yep, it's it, it that's what it looks like when Elsa has her braid. See, I, I was thinking more Rapunzel, but it was a little older. I can generation. see Rapunzel too. Yeah, <laughs> you got to play to the right generation, Justin. <laughs> but it's so much fun. See if you had, uh, if they have like a blonde color, you could do like an Elsa one. They have a beautiful ivory that I just absolutely adore. I just don't have one because Aspen's fur is black and will immediately flock to whatever I bring in the house. That's why I don't have anything white in my house, because I I just don't want to look at it. Yeah, I understand how that is. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Dog hair just somehow sticks to everything. Everything. Everywhere. And you've got one event at the Red Barn Market coming up, and then after that, you currently don't have any more lined up. But people can find them on Facebook when you do. Yep. They can find me on Facebook at Handmade Heaven. Um, Any event that I go to, I will post on my Handmade Heaven page. If you decide that you want to come check it out, there are a few more Handmade Heaven groups out there. So mine will be Handmade Heaven Oklahoma. And it has a pink background in the profile picture it has a pink background and the script is light blue i believe it's been a while since i have actually looked at my own logo because of how insane my life has been but you can look on there you can find some more information about me you can find more information about my business my pricing is on there uh shipping costs are on there um but yeah i'm i'm on facebook and I believe my Etsy account is still active. So my Etsy is also handmade heaven. Okay. And on your Facebook, you can also see the great community you have going on there. Oh, yes. It's it's wonderful. I have 
I think almost 400 people in my Facebook community for Handmade Heaven right now. And they're, they're all active and they, one of my favorite things that I can do is I can give that individual recognition to my friends that help my business and that, you know, place an order. I will always post a thank you in my group and say, Hey, thank you so-and-so for placing an order or Hey, thank you so-and-so for wanting to host an event and help me. You know, it's, it's just a really great community. We're very tight knit. Ha ha. I'm sorry for who I am as a person. Um, but we're a very tight knit group. We, we all support each other. I have a lot of other um, small business owners in my group and I'll promote them. They'll promote me. It's, it's just a great way to kind of learn a little bit more about your community and who, who's around you and what they make and what they do. It's, it's really cool. And it's really nice to see the customer's uh, interaction and satisfaction on there it within is. your community. It really is. And because of that, you know, they tell their friends and their friends tell their friends and they'll, they'll add themselves to the group. And uh, oftentimes people that I, I don't even know will message me and just be like, Hey, I'd love to order this or Hey, what are your prices for this? It's, and, it's just really cool. And that's the best feeling. It is. It's <laughs> such a great feeling. It, that's the thing with the small business. It just makes your heart skip a beat when someone is like, Hey, I want to order this from you and I want to help you. It just, it makes yeah. you it makes you feel good. Yeah. Whenever I got on my Facebook page, whenever I got my first like on there from someone, I, I was like, I don't know this person. And I was just like, oh, I don't know this person. Like, <laughs> hey, somebody I don't know liking my Facebook page. Isn't that I'm amazing? somewhere. It's so much fun. It is. It feels like your your outreach at that point is is so much broader, which is nice. And with something like this, it's really good to have that our outreach broaden because then your community gets to widen more and get stuff your stuff out there to people, which is really cool. With this, it's so cool. It's so cool. I love seeing people like post pictures on their Facebook and they're wearing something I made. It just makes me happy. And I've seen the pictures on uh, Facebook, and I think one of them's your cover photo, mm -hmm. where you got you and I'm not going to say their names because I'm going to mess some of them up, and I'm going to feel bad if I don't remember them. So you and a few of your friends in your scarves. Yeah. And y'all just look absolutely fashionable with these scarves on. Oh, it was so much fun. We had a ball. That was my friend, um, Abby, Brooke, Taylor, and Issa. And... I, I texted them and I'm like, hey, I would love to have some models for these so that way people could see what they look like on. Will you guys come help me? I can't afford to pay you, but I can give you a scarf. And they all just immediately jumped on it. And every year since, they've messaged me like, hey, do you need more pictures for your business? When when do you want to do this? And I, just, I think I was just scrolling through Facebook one day and saw that picture. And it took me a minute to even like for it to click. And I was like, oh. They're all wearing scarves. Like it just, <laughs> it just, it just looked so natural and so fashionable. I just didn't even notice it at first. That makes me so happy. I never knew that. I just was like, oh, there it is. I was like, like, what's, what's this one for? And it just clicked. I love that so much. That makes me happy. What? So I think we pretty much asked everything. And then I think. We're, Get to know you a little more from this. Oh, most so, definitely. 
But if they want to know you even more and get to see how awesome your scarves are and get stuff for your scarves, you can find them on Facebook at Handmade Heaven. She's also got on Instagram at Handmade Heaven, or Handmade.Heaven6862. Four Four eight. Eight. And then you can also, if you would like to email me an inquiry about an order, or if you would just like to know a little bit about me, you can also email me at handmadeheaven6248 at gmail.com. And if you'd like to keep up to date with Crafts and Tea, you can find us at Crafts and Tea Heaven on Facebook. You can email us at craftsandteaheaven at gmail.com as well. And find us on all the major podcast platforms. Thank you everyone for listening. And it was really good to have you on.